Hey, this is Nathan Jenkins from Loon Mountain Ministry, and I want to thank you for checking out our podcast today. We welcome you to join us, the trees, the rocks, and all of creation as we worship our great God. Enjoy the message. Yeah, um, I'll direct your attention to the front of the bulletin if you have a physical copy or if you're looking online. I'm going to read down through uh, the scripture today. It actually comes from four different places. Philippians 4, 6, Jeremiah 33, 3, Matthew 6, 6, and John 15, 1, and 4. And I'm just going to read right down through that. Um, feel free to join me if you'd like. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Call to me, and I will answer you, and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. Remain in me also I, as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. So um, we started our COVID-19 online series three weeks ago. This is crazy. We had no idea how long uh, we were going to be doing it then, and we still have no idea how long we're going to be doing it now. But my notes say COVID-19 number three. And if you can remember, after our first one, the first one we talked about inspiration and how that is actually God breathing into us, uh, which is really kind of cool. Uh, the next one, last week, we started this series. This is going to be our COVID-19 series, and we're calling it Homegrown Faith, How to Grow Your Faith at Home. And uh, we went into last week uh, the different seeds that we're going to plant. Well, well, Drew, this is what I love about our team. God is so so, so good to us. You know, I'm kind of the motivational, you know, speak sometimes before I think, you know, out there, vision casting, go, uh, you know, Nathan, super lovable, playful, uh, loves God's word, does an awesome job with our youth. And Drew, Drew is great because we have him for musical, but he also has a lot of wisdom and he has a lot of insight. So Drew kind of pulled me aside this week and said, Hey buddy, I think you're assuming that everyone knows Jesus, and we're li we're live, we're we're streaming. This is this is the World Wide Web, and we know that not everyone knows and claims Jesus as Lord of their life. So, before you can grow your faith at home, you first must put your faith in Jesus. And so that's why I put uh, going along with this analogy, uh, this verse that that Jesus has here from John chapter 15, actually. Uh, um, Jesus was saying, John was recording his word. He says, I am the vine and my father is the gardener. So he's in this same growing, uh, you know, analogy uh, and, and we, you know, are, are the branch. And if a branch is not connected to a tree, if a branch is not connected to the vine, it will not have leaves. It will not bear fruit. So first and foremost, before your faith can grow, you must abide in Jesus. And you abide in Jesus, the Bible says, by confessing your sin with your mouth and believing in him in your heart that he is Lord and that he has risen from the dead. And the Bible says you will be saved. In other words, you will be grafted in, is what Paul used that language in, in, in Romans. You'll be grafted in 
to the vine, into the trunk of the tree. And before you can grow your faith, so if you're at home and you are not actually grafted into God through a relationship with Jesus, you are going to bang your head against the wall trying to grow your own faith at home. It, it, won't, it won't work. It won't work. Jesus used the same analogy as this. He says, unless a seed falls to the ground and dies, it cannot reproduce. And it's a tough analogy. But if you are to give your life to Jesus Christ to begin this thing called homegrown faith or this faith journey, you must first die to yourself. I must come to a point where I say, Lord, I am not God. I, I cannot, I can't do this. I cannot save myself. And in humility, I admit this. Jesus, I need you. Forgive me of my sin. And that's incredible. It's an, it's an amazing moment when we surrender to Jesus and, and we give up trying to be God ourselves. And so that's where homegrown faith starts. So if you have not done that, if you have not given your life to Christ, you must start there. And you must give your life to Christ. If you've given your life to Christ, right, we are encouraging you to say, hey, don't treat the church like a grocery store. And that's where we started with this analogy of homegrown faith. Because guess what? You, you can't come into the physical building of the church. We, we can't. It's driving me crazy. I'm an extrovert. But I know a lot of you are introverts. I know a lot of you have a lot going on on Sunday mornings, a lot that's happening in your life. And so the actual physical church, the tradition of church, the rhythm of the church building has kind of fallen by the wayside uh, in your life. And um, we're, we're going to encourage you, we're going to encourage extroverts and introverts, we're going to encourage the body of Jesus, the Bible says, to not stop gathering. But all the more, as you see the day approaching, come together, praying for one another, encouraging one another, singing spiritual hymns to one another, praying for one another, and keeping each other accountable. So this homegrown faith comes first and foremost from putting your faith, hope, and trust in Jesus Christ. And then when you've done that, you become a child of the king. Then it, it, then it comes by, by planting seeds. And last week we talked about the seed of fasting. That's not an easy one. We talked about how it's difficult for me. I mean, I am I'm the ghost of Christmas present. We've talked about this, right? I am come in and know me better, man. I am the life of the party. I love to overdo it. I love to overdo food. I love to overdo music. I love to overdo whatever I'm doing. I overdo it, and it's not good uh, sometimes. And that's where fasting comes in. Fasting is, is, is intentionally withholding something that's good from my life, whether it be food or it be media or it be other things, to a couple things. One, to remind me of my need for God. I need God, the Bible says, more than I need bread. I need God more than I need TV, more than I need sun, more than I need walks in the woods. I need Jesus more than I need anything else. And fasting is a discipline that reminds me that. Also fasting, the other fruit from fasting is it heightens your prayer life. Remember we talked about this last week? I'm not that great at praying. I have a really mind that wanders. I get going on a bunch of things that I'm doing and next thing I know the day's over and I'm exhausted. When I don't eat, my body lets me know. It reminds me every two minutes that I haven't eaten. And if I use that hunger pain, if I use that headache in the afternoon while I'm fasting to remind me, to trigger me to go pray, 
pray and I'm going to begin to pray. And what's, what I, um, and, and I, I want to lead that into today. Today, the next seed that we're going to talk about is prayer. And I, I admitted last week, I, I'm not that great at prayer. So I kind of feel like I shouldn't really be giving this sermon, but maybe I should be because I'm not that great. So I can actually tell you what I do to work on prayer. And uh, I feel like uh, there, there was a beautiful woman in our church. When I went to church, I went to a very traditional church growing up where we had, you know, Sunday morning church, we had Sunday night church, and on Wednesday we had prayer meeting. I don't know if you grew up in that kind of a church, but Wednesday night we had prayer meeting. And it'd be this time where you'd come together and you'd sing a couple songs, but sometimes you would stay in the sanctuary and pray together. Sometimes you would break up and pray. But I remember there was this beautiful woman. Uh, she, she, she was old woman but she was in the front row and maybe she was old because i was a little kid but boy her name was velma and when velma would pray wow right and there's just those people in your life there's those people that seem to have a direct line to god when velma would pray boom she would have a direct line and i remember even being a kid just feeling that peace i didn't even know what velma was praying for and i would just feel at peace you want to know something kind of crazy though about velma so growing up, this will make me. This will make you feel that I'm old. I was born in 1982 in Western Maine. That's the same as being born in 1972 anywhere else. But growing up, my my grandmother had a party line. A party line means that she shared a phone line with a neighbor, and you know who she shared a phone line with? Velma. So when I was at my grandmother's house and I needed to call my parents to tell them I was going home, I'd pick up the line and I'd hear. Velma. She would be talking to somebody and I have to wait. I kept picking up the phone and checking it out. I'd have to wait till Velma got off the phone next door so I could call my parents and tell them to come pick me up. And in that riot, it's just kind of funny. But Velma, I feel like had a direct line to God. I, I don't feel that way. I'm admitting as your pastor, prayer and me, I don't feel that way, right? Um, but maybe that's you. That's awesome. If that's you, keep praying. And, and, and I'm going to Send us your email because I want to continue to send prayer requests to you. Uh, or join our prayer team because we get prayers all the time, prayer requests all the time. Uh, you know, or, or maybe uh, you're somebody who prays only when you feel like it's like necessary. Or you feel like you pray when it's, you know, when it's right or it's traditional. And I would say I'm a little bit more like that. You know, I find myself either praying before meals like, you're, like a good old Christian's supposed to do. Pray before you go to bed, like a good Christian's supposed to do, and, and pray before you char start a church service, like a good old Christian's supposed to do. Um, you know, maybe maybe your traditional prayer, or maybe you're a foxhole prayer, where you don't pray really at all until it's really not going well, and then you throw up, uh, you know, a prayer. Um, but prayer, prayer is, 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 is a really beautiful thing. It's actually a privilege. And if you look at uh, prayer, prayer is actually not just uh, a Christian thing. If you look at the polls, if you look at like a survey, there's a lot of people that pray. Actually, if you look at the surveys, there's a lot more people that pray than actually that, that, that go to church. And so prayer is across all religions. It's across all beliefs. And uh, prayer is a really bene beneficial thing. But what makes a Christian prayer, prayer different? Well, what makes a Christian prayer different is, is Jesus. Jesus is what makes a Christian prayer different. For a couple different reasons. One, he's connected us to the Father. So those that have put their faith, hope, and love in Jesus, they do have a direct line to the Father. Also, Jesus says, 
that he's interceding, meaning he, he, is, he is speaking on our behalf to the Father, currently, right now. What's also incredible is because Jesus came, gave his life, died, and rose again, he left earth and gave us the Holy Spirit. And those that put their faith and hope and trust in Jesus, because of his purchase, the Holy Spirit can come, and the Bible says, indwell in us or live in us. Okay? Newsflash. The Holy Spirit is God, and God cannot live in something that has sin. So Jesus came and took sin upon himself, that when we confess and we believe, he cleanses up us our sins, and one of the things that happens when he cleanses up our sins is we're able to house the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says the Holy Spirit dwells inside of you and he's able to pray. He's able to speak for you even when you do not know what to say. That is hope to me. Because as a pastor, I'm admitting to you, there's a lot of times in my prayer life, I don't know what to say. Right? I think this is crazy because I'm a talker. I talk all the time, right? Drew's like, man, you talk a lot. Nathan's like, wow, you guys talk. You talk a lot. But then when it comes time to pray, I'm like, I don't really know what to say. But that's what's beautiful. The book of Romans says that the Holy Spirit intercedes for us. He, he, it, with groanings, it says, that, that are too, too high, too lofty, too crazy uh, for words. So we have a helper. The Bible calls the Holy Spirit a helper. And he helps, he helps us pray. You know, I'm practical. I like practical things. And uh, one of my friends over in uh, Vermont, he's a pastor over in Vermont, and uh, they, do a, they do a church in, in Cavendish, and they sit in the shadow of Okemo. And it's really cool. We've gotten to know them because they have a desire to reach their ski resort. And one of the things that I love about this job at Loon Mountain Ministry is I'm getting a front row seat at what God is doing at other ski resorts with Waterville, like we talk about, Okemo, Stratton, Sugarloaf, Sunday River, Whiteface. That's just to name some of the ones in the Northeast. And we, have a, we hosted a conference here last November where we hosted them from all over the United States, some of Canada, and some over the world. I, I absolutely love it. My, my friend Abe over there in Cavendish uh, says this. He says, keep calm and pray the Psalms. And I, I like that. And, and it, it helps me because I'm practical. I, I don't know what to say. And so when I pray, I've been praying a lot lately. I've just been flipping open to the Psalms and praying the Psalms, right? And a praying of Psalms could look something like this. Psalms 23. The Lord is my shepherd. Just read that. The Lord is my shepherd. Thank you, God, for being my shepherd. What is a shepherd? A shepherd is someone who's protecting me. And now, thank you, Lord. You're protecting me. A shepherd is someone who guides me or leads me. Thank you, Lord, for leading me. I look back in my life and I can see you have led me. Lord, I ask, would you be a shepherd to my kids? Lead them, would protect them? You know, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing or I shall not want. Man, I lack nothing. God, I, wow, I did. I did have a meal today. And I do actually know where my meal is coming from tonight. And I have a bed. Thank you, thank you, Lord. And Lord, I, I pray for those that don't know where their meal's coming from tonight. And, they, and they're not sure where they're going to lay their head. See, see what I'm doing here? I just went from not knowing what to say. I've literally only said two phrases in Psalm 23. And I've had all kind of beautiful things to pray about. So if you don't know how to pray, 
Or if you find yourself in a panic mode over COVID-19, you're freaking out to even go to get groceries. Oh no, am I going to get it? Am I not? Am I going to, if I get it, am I going to give it to somebody? I don't want to give it to somebody. Am I going to get it? What am, what's going on? What's going to happen to our economy? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Keep calm and pray the Psalms. Keep calm and pray the Psalms. You know, fruit or, or, or yeah, fruit, the Bible says, is, is a direct is a direct effect of an action of ours, okay? So salvation is a fruit of Jesus, it's his death on the cross, and our faith in him. Ephesians, you know, Ephesians tells us that. For by grace you have been saved through faith, not of yourself, it is a gift of God. So salvation is a fruit of Jesus' death on the cross and our faith in him, okay? I believe a good prayer life and, and, and a disciplined life in eating or in watching TV or in whatever is through fasting, right? And the fruit of prayer is trust in God. Now, think about this. What is the fruit? So these are the fruit of prayer, the fruit of fasting, the, the fruit of faith in Jesus who had the grace, right? Those are all fruit. What is the fruit if... 90% of what I'm planting in my life is Netflix or social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, CNN, Fox, you know. None of these things are wrong and bad in themselves, but if they're 90%, if they're, if they're a large percentage of what I am doing, what, what is the fruit of these things? Well, well, the fruit of these things is anxiety, the fruit of these things is worry. The fruit of these things is covetousness. I mean, advertising is, is, is built off of, of wanting what other people have or wanting to keep up with the Joneses. Advertising is built off of fear that I will not be safe unless I get that car. I will not be safe unless I trade in my 8-year-old car for a new car because my 8-year-old car is definitely unsafe. This, this is, that's the whole game of advertising. And, and if we... If... if if Netflix and social media, you know, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, if, if these things, right, outweigh scripture reading, prayer, fasting, meditation, exercise, if you will bear the fruit of anxiety, of worry. And this is the whole thing about homegrown faith, right? Your garden will be full of what you plant. And like we talked about at the beginning of this sermon, if you have not planted your tree, if you have not planted your life in God through Jesus, who shed his blood, the forgiveness of sins, well, that you don't, you don't have hope to grow homegrown faith. But if that's what you've done, you have planted your life in Jesus, you have planted your life in God through the gift of Jesus, of salvation, then... It doesn't stop there. The Bible says that we work out our salvation through fear and trembling. Right? Jesus' Sermon on the Mount is all about action. Action. To fast. It says when you fast. We talked about that last week. It's a command. Jesus says here, and when you pray. Matthew 6, 6. And when you pray. It's a command. When you plant in your homegrown faith garden prayer, prayer, you have an intimate relationship with God. You have an intimate relationship with God. 
And Jesus, what I love about Jesus, he talks a lot about prayer. And Jesus really, he knows he's going to be talking to a guy like me. And so he doesn't just say, hey, you know, you should pray. Make sure you pray, but not give you anything to pray. Jesus taught his disciples to pray. He said this. Say it with me if you know it. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. That's the Lord's Prayer. Jesus didn't just say pray and give us nothing. And what's beautiful is it's short. And you can remember it. You can remember it. The Lord's Prayer. I'll end with this story, how the Lord's Prayer really became something in my life that I will cling to forever. Football was big in my town, like most American towns, and I became a quarterback, and I was really excited to be a quarterback, and I got to go to high school, and our, my high school was so big that we had a freshman team, a JV team, and a varsity team. And our high school was so big that my freshman team actually had its own locker room. So all season, my, my freshman team even had its own practice field. So all season, as a freshman, you, 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 don't, you, you, you don't get to practice, and you don't share a locker with the Voss, varsity and the, and the JV team. That's, that's a big deal. I'm just a lowly freshman. you know. I'm just fresh meat. And uh, except for homecoming, homecoming is such a ritual. It's such, it's such a tradition and it's such a joy to be able to join the varsity team. Such a privilege to join the varsity team. And, but, but you're, you're scared. You're, you're scared out of your mind. You don't want to get in their way. And, and, and so it comes time for, for homecoming and, and our coaches say, Hey, listen, you know, stay out of the way, you know, um, you, you know, make sure that you, you, you just, you just stay in the background. So we go out and we, and, and we do the warmups before the game. And then we come into uh, the varsity locker room and, and, and this is kind of the, it's the wrestling room that has no windows and, and it, the whole team's in there and there's like 60, 70 guys on this whole freshman JV and varsity team. And they're just going crazy and the music's super loud and they're getting pumped up and they're slamming each other on the on the shoulder pads, and they're slamming each other's helmet, and I'm just a freshman in the corner trying not to get hit, trying not to be noticed. Like, oh my word, we're with the varsity team. This is huge. I'm getting goosebumps. This is awesome, right? And the coaches come in with the captains, and they're like, all right, guys, take a knee. And we take a knee. And I told you, there's no, there's no, there's no windows in this. And, and I had a cousin who was older than me on the team, and, and he's one of the, you know, he was one of the captains, and, and he said, Marcus, lead us in the Lord's Prayer. And I was like, whoa. And those lights went out. There was no windows. It was pitch dark. You couldn't see your face mask on your helmet. And I broke into our Father who art in heaven. And I'll never forget that. And what was incredible is a ton of those boys knew it with me. And they joined it with me. There's power in that prayer. Why? Why is there power in that prayer? There's power in that prayer because Jesus taught us to pray that way. And why is there power in Jesus? Because he is the Son of God who came to take away the sins of the world. So prayer is powerful. One, because Jesus taught you to do it, and he's the Son of God. And two, 
He died on the cross so that you could have forgiveness of your sins, so the Holy Spirit would indwell you and give you power to pray and help you pray. So this week at home, I hope you can plant the seed of prayer. Now, you're not off the hook. Those that fasted last week, good job. I heard from a bunch of you. Yes, it is hard. A lot of you that are Facebook junkies and and, and news junkies, Monday was difficult for you. You kept wanting to go back to that phone. You kept wanting to take that remote control and look at what was the new number, the new count. Where was the new hotspot? You you let me know. Monday was hard because you did a media fast. And those that are like me, foodies, media fast, that's a piece of cake for me. That's, That's easy. Wednesday, though, that was our food fast. Remember that one? A lot of people reached out to me that day. How you doing? This is hard. I don't really know. Man, I've never, I've never not eaten breakfast and lunch. And you want me to go dinner? I'm like, you got this. You can do this. Come on. And, and people reached out. And, and I, I think it was awesome. And I, I'm hoping that you experienced uh, some unique things that God showed you and did you in your faithfulness to discipline yourself to fast. I don't think this week should be any different. You don't have to fast from media on Monday. You don't have to fast from food on Wednesday. I think it's a great suggestion. I think we could all stay on that track. If you want to, that'd be great. Pick something else to fast from, right? But fast from something this week, one day, whether it be food or media or or something else, right? Now we're going to add in prayer. And I tell you what, if you fast again this week, prayer is going to come. It's going to come naturally. Keep calm. Pray the Psalms. Open up the book of Psalms this week. Pray through it. If you don't know uh, the Lord's Prayer uh, by memory, I would encourage you, jump in Matthew. It's in the Sermon on the Mount. Jump, jump in Matthew chapter 6 and read the, the Lord's Prayer over and over again until you memorize it. Let's, as a congregation, those that have their faith, hope, and trust in God, continue to plant the seed of fasting and, and plant the seed of prayer. Thanks for joining us. Go in peace. We're praying for you. And as you plant the seed of prayer... Hope there's a lot of people new praying out there this week. It's going to be awesome. See you next week. Thanks for listening. We here at Loon Mountain Ministry are committed to loving God, serving community, and enjoying mountains. We want to thank you for being a part of our collective high five this week as we seek to be a light in the White Mountains and all around the world. Please feel free to reach out to us at info at loonmtnministry.com so we can get more connected. See you guys.